Um, no, Jason sent me the microphone. He didn't realize that the reason I use my headphones is that um, there's always background noise and mm. um, and uh, but I think this microphone cuts out background background noise pretty well too. Um, yeah, but um, I have been thinking of deleting the podcast just because I don't want just on a very simple level. I don't want to be so identified with my ideas. It can be interpreted in different ways, and pretty much all of them are true. Yes. But like I was saying, if... I mean, and this is probably apropos to the conversation that I think you were wanting to have about Catholicism, because um, although although what I'm... every Everything, all, all highest order ways of discussing any topic have a it's a self-resolving paradox a coincidence of opposites it's the identity of identity and non-identity and so even though people tend to use to equate and judge someone according to the ideas that they espouse and limit them in a static way to self-identity yes regarding those labels uh who cares? Lean into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there was a recording that I did about this that I mistakenly deleted. And but I, I thought that in it, I, I actually managed to say pretty well a lot of the stuff that hopefully we can get into. But like one of the things was when you when you bring in the necessarily uh, perspectival nature of truth, people mm-hmm. think that you are bringing in postmodernism. In or other words, mere subjectivity, yeah. Right. In other words, they think that if you say everything is personal, then you mean everything is arbitrary. But right. but the thing is, if there was some kind of exhaustive, static, um, one-valued description of reality, let's say, all it could do was that 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 didn't take into account the perceiver, the one who is who was knowing the description and who was himself changing. And 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 and, yeah. and updating the description in light of that knowledge, um, all all such a static description can do is fall over as a two dimensional cutout. But the weird thing about Catholic theology is how mired it is in substance and object and like, and like the the objective truth where like facts don't care about your feelings kind of thing. <laughs> um, and then, but of comp- course, it would be right. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I agree with you, man. But does that uh, make but, it wrong, though? That's the thing about being right and being wrong and being wrong but being right and, and submission to authority and um and the directional nature of truth rather than, let's say, the literal or one-dimensional. Yes, but, but part... So the way that I view all of this stuff is, is in... Um, is in a very evolution of consciousness way. And so, of course, because I think all this stuff happens reality is fractal and so all this stuff happens at like a there's a personal existential level but then there's also a corporate level that's mirroring the same kind of reality and cycle and pattern of what are called whatever you want death and rebirth or um uh the fall you know u-shaped journey like uh what, what would that what are those labels fall what is paul vanderclay calls it like fall something redemption like it's three or what is it? Three R's, whatever. Yeah. Paul has the way of saying it, yeah. but all, any religious tradition will have that kind of pattern. And I think what is happening 
collectively or globally call it the cosmic or the human zeitgeist or the evolution of consciousness of us as a of humanity big picture and i and i see this as fundamentally tied to a lot of christian theology is that we are going through this we're going through like a divided man thing. So you, I mean, a lot of thinkers have talked about this, like, um, oh, who's that French or not Canadian sociologist who wrote that big tome on um, like the buffered selves and the porous selves and um, I'm blanking on his name now, but, but anybody talks about this. There's like, or, or you see it in your own pattern of like infancy. Um, Douglas Harding talks about this infancy to the toddler, to the adult, to the seer, you have this fall, you have a, we, we, you know, you experience this yourself, you have a fall out of the oceanic oneness with, with the mother, you know, which, which you're experiencing on a, on a physical biological level. But then you also have that psychologically existentially, like you, you leave your family, your, your parents, and you cleave to your wife and, and you and you cycle through this whole pattern, then you have your own children. And all of those things fundamentally change the way that you perceive reality in real ways because it's part of your own becoming. And then there are things that you knew, but you didn't yet know as you ought to know. But going through that becoming and through all those recursions and this infinite regret, you know, these infinite recursions and cycles makes your makes your being different than it was. And I think what, what's happening in the West is, and I think you see that most clearly, I mean, it's impossible to talk about the West without talking about Catholicism. It's like the same thing. I mean, in to some degree. Yeah, yeah um, because even, even Protestantism too, is, it's, it's almost so negatively defined. It's just not Catholicism. But it is, but you're right. It's like the no, Christ no. In other words, Christ, in other words, right? if, it, yeah. if it's if it's if its definition is merely not Catholicism, then then it is Catholicism because its content is inseparable. From... Yes, yeah. Identity of identity and non-identity. So that's like, what are you protesting, right? And then that's your label that you're identifying as. And so, exactly, it's the same thing. And so I think what's happening though within that is we are we are figuring out what self-consciousness is because i don't i think that really i think prior i would say largely prior to like the the current era prior to christ and this was beginning before christ too i mean it's not just exclusive to christianity but that was at the fullness of time where i think self-consciousness largely began you know and we're figuring that out and i think that's what the catholic church stuff is and this is where I think the magisterium and the abstractions and the propositionalism and the confessions, like they're, it's one thing to espouse those things, but this is what I think people don't get, which Gerard is big on. I think when you do that, when you promote your Christ, what, what I think you really have to realize and Langan, I think talks about this and Rollins talks about this a lot. You automatically get the antichrist and what the West is figuring out is needs to figure out is how to integrate that you know, integrating the shadow, whatever. I mean, it's all the same thing. If you think about the way that a word refers to its referent, mm -hmm. there's something in there already about like the identity of identity and difference because because the word is the word is different from its mm -hmm. referent. That difference is a precondition for it to refer to that to that reference. And so Christ and Antichrist, they're there. They're just side by side. Um yeah. Maybe 
let's wait or it's like the shadow i mean it's it's any like very the the very real physical uh experience of your own shadow you know like you you if if there's going to be light there's going to be a shadow you know um so so we have this notion of the sort of uncreated light like that absolutely transcendent and that it, it always has to use these these categories or these oppositions in order to make itself intelligible as what it is you know um and uh that you know that's 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 very interesting to me i don't know how much background noise you can hear right now um none okay yeah none yeah so when you so when you talk about uncreated light or i'll bring in my uh, fractal Jason Bible stuff of just like the light in which there is no shadow or turning like that whole or or within like orthodox hesychasm I guess that we, you know they talk about the experience of the uncreated light um, like what is it what is it to have see this is where I don't know if this would be consistent with Rollins and just stop me if this isn't where you're wanting to take this but like what what does it mean to have a light in which there is no shadow or because like i can't i can't wrap my head head around that kind of being or existence because being to me entails non-being you know which is a very langian idea right it's the it's the contrast like in order to have being you, you have to have non-being it's just like it's kind of the the theistic the non-theistic approach to god I mean, in order to have I mean, god and not nothingness being the same thing it's a certain kind of idea there's a lot in language langan which is not strictly original or new and that reminds me of simone de laplace where it's like um sir the the ideas are not new the arrangement is new mm -hmm. this is something else i was thinking about with langan though it's like when nietzsche said i am born posthumously i am a destiny what he meant was like what peterson meant when he was quoting jung where so whatever a man doesn't consciously understand, he's going to act out and it becomes his fate. That's what he means. I yeah. am a destiny. So in other words, Langan is one who I, fortunately and unfortunately, is like he's good because we're not understanding him now. We're going to act him out. And he's he's a destiny. He's born posthumously. That's the sense I get about Langan. Um, yeah. Langan, Langan, what he did say, he's so interesting, like, you have to take you have to take all the stuff that he just kind of wrote casually on the internet too as part of his corpus. It's so interesting. But he did say something like that that if if existence exists, then non-existence exists. I was thinking about this, like like hell for a for a Catholic hopeful universalist, mm -hmm. hell is like a possibility that is never actualized. That and when you think about that, it's like what is the, like when Cormac McCarthy asks, um, uh, how does the never to be differ from what never was? Or really, you can ask, what is the possibility of something that is never actualized? What is possibility as such? What is that? That is what is necessary in order for actuality to have its content and being. And true actuality is always something there beyond or hinted at, gestured at by this initial opposition of like actuality and possibility. Actuality is like a kind of synthesis or deeper hypostatic un underpinning or something, I don't know, of, of actuality and possibility. Um, and like that's the whole nature of everything. It's like it has this kind of it has this kind of self-referentiality or dialectical quality that you can't only yeah. 
gesture at, you can only gesture at it. And that's like the way I think the Catholic Church is the true church. It's not a way that it is itself capable of articulating. It can only gesture at it. And like you have the false ego and you have the true your awareness of like a deeper self and they exist side by side. And it's almost like um, and the, the Catholic Church. Anyway, uh, well, I mean, I think you. No, I think that's all right, but I think you have to have a, this is where I think the, um, the evolution of consciousness and like the corporate consciousness that we're participating in, because that's, that's necessary, I think for any, how to say this, I'm trying to keep this, <laughs> um, I'm trying to figure out how to say it in a way that is succinct and not confusing. Because there is a way in which I think an individual or a person can see this reality. But again, this is kind of the whole nature. Do you remember the video that I made on like the difference between the isolated autonomous individual and the, and the divine person? What I was trying to get at is the distinction, because in some sense that that is the Christ and the Antichrist. And that is what's happening in the West is we have this individualism that's, that's growing out of this. But what I think what, what that means consciously is there's a way in which an individual, like say whether it's Langan being born posthumously or Owen Barfield saying like I'm writing for future generations or Nietzsche or whatever. There are there are persons, there are individuals, because a person and an individual is like the yin and the yang, the shadow and the real, the true and the false self. There are people that I think see this. To some degree, I think I'm one of those people that that sees this um identity of identity and non-identity and that's what it means to be a person and and like the kind of self-divided god stuff that you can't ever that you never get the way that i understand it the best is the rollins way you never get this um undivided unitive oneness that that lacks the lack like that thing isn't real that thing doesn't exist that is synonymous with nothing and so if you're pursuing some kind of um so like what what that means very practically is like with the catholic church to say like this is the true church well always in the kind of consciousness that i'm talking about you 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 have to always simultaneously even in saying something affirmative you're including the negative so like yes and no when i say that i'm saying both yes and no but to someone who's in the current kind of what I call the divided mind consciousness of like the either orism or the objectivist, they can't even, it, it's, it's like um, absurdism or nonsense to say that, to say the kind, this is why most people are just like, this is why so often people say to me is just like, that they think I'm just saying gobbledy goop. They, they think that you're negating truth, but what you're saying is in some way it's more the, the that is truth. The precondition for truth if, it, if, it, if this condition could not be met then there couldn't be like that's what i was saying about um uh because i i in the good recording that i threw away um i was reading the langan's um reply to people who claim that uh girdle's incompleteness theorem invalidates his theory which purports to be a theory of everything mm -hmm. um he said that the way that he 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 just runs through the logic in a very interesting way, and and the the conclusion is that you have to admit that self reference is the name of the game, and that incorporating this does not does not um 
it does not negate the idea of truth, but it's it's seen to be the precondition of truth. Um, yeah, that whole that whole eitherism, that either orism, because like even that that presumption that what did you just say that the that, girdle's incompleteness theorem would invalidate um his yeah, uh, yeah. like that mode that spirit the no. the autumn the kind of reflexive impulse to do that is is the consciousness that doesn't understand the nature of being and consciousness itself yeah yeah and it's it's i mean that's definitely the consciousness of like i don't know i mean like at least the, the the Catholic Church's own sort of conscious self-articulation, like of itself, like it's very much admired in substance and objects. And it's like, you know, this is true in the object and you he's like, you see it objectively. And, you know, if, if and you must believe, you know, you must be compelled to come in kind of thing. Because facts don't care about your feelings, this whole kind of, yeah. this whole kind of thing. And it's so, that's so interesting. I mean, well, that's why I call it the either orism. That's what yeah. that's I mean, I'm trying to articulate this. Like when I say the exclusivist religion of the right side of history, which is what I think all individuals and I say probably individual versus the person, all individuals and all false corporations, false collectives, false bodies who are who are playing that game, who are presuming the this, not that. The, the unitive oneness that lacks the lack, that's what you will do. You will divide into winners and losers, this, not that, without including it. And, and you will, it's, it's fundamentally a, um, to use Pauline language, it's fundamentally a divisive, backbiting spirit, which it's is not, what Protestantism is. It's not the pattern of reality which holds multiplicity together. The pattern yes, of reality. Yes. So what it means is it's it's that against which reality is defined. It's, in other words, it's what reality isn't. But reality yes. needs that in order to be what it is, which is like part of the developmental, which is why it's part of the developmental kind of like Hegelian right. dialectical progression almost. So Yes. And so like, and what we're in right now is that Jung quote that you were talking about. Mm. It's like, you, you say it a little differently than me, but like, until you make the unconscious conscious, um, what is, how do I remember? Until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you'll call it fate. Like, that's the way that I remember it. So, like, you will act this stuff out. But to, that's divided man. Like, that quote to me is what divided man is. It's it's someone who is not self-conscious of, of their own self-conscious. So, like, you've not integrated your shadow. You're, you're not, you have not, you have not brought into your being the negation of your being. And that and and like and collectively, that's what confessionalism does. That's what people who say like you have to affirm this statement of faith or this idea, or but like there is a way that you can do that. This is what I think it's always been hard for me to articulate because like I'm not an anti, I'm not anti proposition, I'm not anti confession, but you have to say it in a way that is almost aspirational, that like that includes that somehow integrates potency and actuality into your confession because you realize you're not there yet if you can ever confess something and you think you've like arrived then you then you're then you're smuggling in that false unitive oneness that doesn't exist like technically yeah man there is it's 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 tough for me to keep all my thoughts organized these days but um <laughs> You know, part of it is is like 
what I what I saw in Langan's Langan's description of um sort of ne necessary like self self referentiality. Um, if there is an infinite regress, it is on the dimension of recursion or self-reference. Um, and that's like every every interpretation is embedded in like a deeper interpretation. So like if you have like um if you have like the theology of the Catholic Church, it's not it's not really where it ends. It's not an exhaustive static description, just like Aquinas when he he perceived the heavenly realities that everything I wrote is just straw. Mm -hmm. In order for it to run and code and be valid, it has to actually be embedded in a deeper language of interpretation, like it's meta language. And um, and um, and then the thing is, like in 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 it, like sort of to the exclusion of joining the Catholic Church, you can say, well, I'm just going to go formulate some ideas that it doesn't affirm, but which are like which are like the the meta language in which it has to be embedded as far as i can tell of course like it's like whatever you come up with it's gonna it's gonna itself be embedded in something something deeper if only because in the act of having thought it through and described it you will have changed it um um and um so then the the question is like at that still deeper level of interpretation or or, or of reality um the question is, are you necessarily in greater conformity to it by having gone your own way? Or is it possible that that a lot of what the Catholic Church believes in is not really true, let's in this literal sense that even it thinks it's true, but it's true directionally. Um, and um you you are you are in you are in greater conformity to deep reality by submitting um by believing something for the right motives and submitting, say, to authority. And 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 allowing something to be a mystery which you cannot consciously understand, and um, yeah. So that's that's kind of what I what I think about in terms of like in term because before I I would just think like um. I mean, even even up until re recently, you know, despite knowing you as long as I have, um, you know, I would just think, well, why would I join a church whose ideas are wrong, um, and. Uh, you know, and that it's 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 funny. It's funny that I would I should still think that for as long as I've known you. But it makes me think of how Bertrand Russell considered his relationship with Wittgenstein to be the the greatest intellectual adventure of his life. Even though all mm. Wittgenstein did was just sabotage all of Russell's attempts to <laughs> kind of comprehensively propositionalize everything, and um, and Wittgenstein he 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 was weird. He took a he he took a break from philosophy for ten years and then came back just talking about like you know how it's it's not it's like here's the limits of what you can really say in a language and you know here's what can only be gestured at and you can't really reference it. And and then the question is whether this kind of dialectical nature of reality can can ever be expressed you know shall we say comprehensively or is it something which can only sort of gesture at and i think i think you know it's i think it's i think it's the latter but i, I think someone like langan who's, who's who's trying to offer a theory of everything also understands the idea that there's a limit there's there there there, there are limits to the expressibility of something i don't know i mean this this is i mean it's 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 obviously all very thinky talky maybe you know excessively so no for sure but what i think what you're trying to articulate so i would say in my own made-up language that's what iconic thinking is is iconic thinking is the thing that doesn't that includes the negation in the affirmation so like it, it includes 
It includes the the unnamed in the named. It includes the thing that you're gesturing toward in the gesture. Yeah. Because to 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 gesture to something is to it's just like it's including the apophatic thing pointed toward in the pointing. But I think what has happened in the modern consciousness and this divided man consciousness is we've we've I I would say we've suppressed the truth and unrighteousness and we've forgotten that we've forgotten the the apophatic nature that is necessary and included in our cataphatic assertions of whatever we think we know. We've not included what we do not know in what we've in what we know. But like it has to be. And I and I don't know, and you can't and to some extent that's not something that you can even explain to anyone. And this is why I'm kind of a it's why I like the Jordan Daniel Wood conversation and the and the increasing conversation around the nature of a person and hypostases yeah. because and this is why I'm a radical it's why I'm truly a radical personalist and why I don't think and again it's don't, like to someone who's in the either orism that they they're not going to understand this but like you can be right and be wrong or be wrong and be right so to your to make it very practical to your pursuing the catholic church like is the catholic church full of people that are um dogmatically gesturing to things to which they have no capacity of understanding but they think they understand of course and like and they can be and in that they can be wrong but be right because like they don't get it but they're still pursuing the real thing but then also you can come at catholicism from a that's just that that is um dis that does not affirm all of the magisterium and the articulations and where you think they're propositionally incorrect, but then yet still voluntarily submit yourself to all of that. Yeah. And be, and be, I guess, would that, which one would that be? Would that be right, but be wrong? <laughs> the question is, the question is to what extent can you make yourself believe something that you don't believe or that you think you don't believe? And this is already just, just tremendously complicated. Um, you know, like, um, well, I think I... you can get to a point where that question doesn't even matter. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there, there, there's just stuff here where it's like, I mean, cause, cause for me, I, I see it as like, it's, it's, it's true at a certain level, something is true at a certain level of description or false, but then you have to understand that there's, there's something deeper that it's embedded in like the mm -hmm. fall, like what is the fall? The fall is the fall is not a, a literal, like, unless there was two hominids named Adam and Eve It's not a thing that happened in space time. And yet it's part of the grammar of, of, of causality it's the, the 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 fall like it's it is it's like some kind of it's an event but it's like it's at a very abstract level of, of being kind of um that's not to say that there aren't certain things that are also literal like like what i was telling talking about with jason like if there was a symbol that symbolized literality then like which i think the cross does um then the only way for it to be more true would be if it was also if it was also something that literally happened um, in in space time and um and so there's almost this kind of onological bootstrapping there um where but really um that the, the same consideration makes me think that yeah for sure there's you know like it's all when jesus uh, said peter you're a rock and on you i build my church he meant like all the churches um sure there's that there's that abstract sense 
but then there's also that particular literal sense right there's that that's why yes that, one church that is his body and it has the communion and that is the real presence to, to me that's 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 haunting in a way that's analogous to like if there was a symbol that that meant literality <laughs> the 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 way that, that that symbolized what is literally true then what the only way for it to be more true would be if it was <laughs> or, yeah or... <laughs> well and i think that's because you have to i think in the thing that's the thing that's ultimately the most true has to include physical truth i mean paul vanderclay's been talking about this a lot recently i mean that's the to me that's the nature of incarnation like the the kind of brett weinsteinian uh what does he call it like metaphoric truth or something or even like somewhat of the petersonian idea where he's been going down the road of fiction or dostoevsky dostoevsky or like the bible and he's just like is it true like when and then when people ask like does it literally happen which paul i think makes a good distinction paul vanderclay of saying what you really mean is like physically when people say literally what they really mean is like physically materially like these are people that are these are people that are s smuggling in like essentially substance ontology like this is the the physical reality is the most real thing well do i think that the most real thing includes that yes because the most real thing is going to include every aspect of of truth which i which i do think within christianity and the incarnation and the cross like you were saying does include physical truth but like it's not within the hierarchy it's not limited to that and it's not like um exclusive to that so like how can i um i'm, tr I'm trying to make concretize and make it more real of what i'm saying so like adam and eve do i think see it's almost like this question is irrelevant to me like do i think that adam and eve were two historic physically real people like me and my wife are real are like physical people um yes but but because i also have a very strange way of understanding um the nature of reality and myth like so like you've read the space trilogy right space, lewis's yeah. space trilogy yeah well one of them at least i read that hideous strength which was the best one i read yeah, i read the yeah. perilandra one too and then there's the other one that i read part of yeah out of the title planet so you like went backwards yeah, yeah kind of yeah yeah um very fitting uh so like in the end of that book in that hideous strength that's the one that i was going to talk about anyhow and i think it makes sense of because really what's happening in that space trilogy is it's almost like i don't know that i've even realized this till now at least to the degree that i that the revelation the, that i'm realizing it now but it's what's kind of fascinating about that book is in out of the silent planet you kind of have this man you kind of have this guy who's religious right because ransom is a re is a religious man he believes these things but he almost believes these things within a divided man modern consciousness where like he's really kind of a materialist substance ontology ontology physicalist and he's layered on this supernaturalism but then all of a sudden he finds himself in a physical way in outer space on these other planets so it is a physical reality but it's also like, but it also has like a pre-modern consciousness integrated spirituality. So like the, so like the natural supernatural thing on like in Paralandra or on Malacandra or something is yeah. like 
it's like in a it's in a um porous kind of almost pre-modern pre-axial age consciousness like these people aren't aren't living in this divided world where like the supernaturals up there this kantian world but then and so then like he believes this stuff in like a deeper way but then in like that hideous strength you have this ransom which is like a and see, Owen Barfield was like the genius behind all these inklings anyhow. But then in like uh, in that hideous strength, you have a ransom, which is like a like almost a glowing, bearded, quasi godlike um, entering into like a final participatory thing. But on yeah. the earth in this divided world. Yeah. yeah and then yeah. you have Merlin and then He's you have Merlin. Christ. Yeah. So like Merlin, this, this is what I'm trying to get at. Like Merlin. And I think this book does a great job. Like, was is is Merlin real? Well, hell yeah, in that book he's real. But like, how does Merlin interact with the world? And what kind of a person is he? And is he good and bad? And all those kinds of questions are irrelevant. You know, like that's not that's not what's going on in that book. So like I almost I in that sense, I'm trying to get to Merlin to just be like, or King Arthur or something. Like, are they real? Well, yeah, like, of course they're real, but like the physicalist question to me, like, I would probably affirm that too, but how does that look because of the nature of how consciousness is and like what you're bringing to it, you know, in kind of that, the perceiver is necessary for perception. Like, what would it look like to experience being in the presence of Adam and Eve or Merlin, like physically real things? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think it would feel like being in the presence of like you, you and I being in the same room. Yeah. Like, I don't even know how to, I don't even know how to talk about that stuff. It gets at, it gets at the kind of, see, because when I started, um, it gets at the plasticity of things. That, 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 that divine simplicity is true, but in this kind of, in this way that has a twist. Yeah. Um, that, 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 that nods to process the um, theism and the the eminence yeah. of God, because it says that um you know everything that is in God is God, yeah. But that we we are we are in God in that way, and then in in the way that God is ultimate reality, we inherit that dialethia, that both and that two valueness yeah. that is part of the uh, the unlimited or the absolute, the unconditioned, and so yeah. that's why everything has this paradoxical quality upon closer inspection up at the level beyond the the lie the intelligible lie from the unintelligible yeah. truth, right and um so you know one wonders why it is that the experience of the the other side the supernatural is so plastic and 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 that's why i also see when i first started groping toward christianity existentially i didn't believe that i believed i was christian i didn't i i, I really did believe but i didn't know that i did and i was it was you didn't Catholic... think that you believed maybe to like smuggle in my stuff yeah correct and then and so the thing is as i got more in my head i was more protestant because i thought well if i really believe this stuff then i don't believe this weird stuff about mm -hmm. you know, like let's say divine simplicity but also you know tr trinity mm -hmm. um to me at that time didn't make sense to me divine simplicity still the way that it's often described divine simplicity simpliciter if you like it doesn't really make sense but i think it does make sense as this kind of paradoxical oscillation that we're talking about self-resolving yeah. um but um 
the um and that's what i mean again about like well it's dogma you have to believe absolute simplicity well i can't believe it i guess i'm not catholic well it's like there's levels to this i don't know yeah but like but yeah. like the, the 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 thing is um because there's always that meta language it's like you it's like that dude who said catholicism is insufficiently phenomenological um because it doesn't recognize because it because it makes the argument that you know you're trying to be your own pope not recognizing that if you acknowledge the authority of the pope you are yourself sort of placing yourself in the position of a pope to grant the right. authority to the pope like like well, if you just that, and that's the oxymoron of like the integrating the divided man that exact thing what you're yeah, just yeah, naming yeah. yes yeah 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 and and so when i started it was like it's catholic but um uh more catholic-ish and then i was like no to the extent that i understand it it's like i'm I'm protestant and now it's kind of bending back toward where it began and feeling that and i i, I guess i asked Oh yeah, because I just realized the plasticity of theology, the 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 dialectic nature of it, where it's like, whether the answer to this is yes or no, it's like it's the answer. It's both. Like, totally. The, the question is, why do you want to know? What is yes. what is what is your yes. motive? And can you know anything false through a true motive? Can you know anything uh, true through a false motive? Um, th that's really what it came down to, and so this is where it comes to obedience. So it's like. And and it's like it's the the role for obedience. Like you have to submit to an authority. It's not that you believe this because, but the the whole weird paradox of it of it is, of course, if you find yourself believing something or saying you believe something because you're submitting to an authority, that's only because on some level the the level of personal authority you've granted authority to that you know outside. Yeah. But 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 so I, I recognize the kind of paradox of it. But it, it's like at some point you got it's like it's it's the wrong question to ask oh does it make sense up here it's like at, at a certain point he's like you can't you can't all i don't know this is difficult to explain but for believing for the right reasons you you can even believe something false but through because the real the real like level on which reality comes into being is generative and langan calls it telic it's 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 to do with intention yeah. it's to do with your heart that is what creates reality. In other words, yeah. facts do care about your feelings in a way, because it's like yeah. feelings, like, like they 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 are what creates facts. And I I, I persist yeah. in thinking of the atonement that way, where the way that that his sacrifice accomplished what it did, it didn't like flow into some divine bank account and 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 make it go from being in the red to the black. That's not the mechanism. Yeah. The way the way that it worked is 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 on that dimension of I guess you would say the law of attraction or something like that the dimension mm -hmm. of intention where it's Christ Jesus self sacrificial intention that allowed for otherness otherness to the divine will it allowed for the existence of this otherness to the the divine will and it was necessary yeah. to hold it together to hold the multiplicity in the unity as his arms are you know out on the on the cross he is as maximus said he's creating he's creating on the cross no in a symbolic sense no right there it's like right right there and it, yeah. he's holding the otherness together through that self-sacrificial intention and yeah. um and so i don't know so point being what facts do care about your feelings point being the things have a plasticity point being like every everyone's freaking weird near-death experience always conforms to their own categories kind of thing but that doesn't mean it's arbitrary that's that's, that's no. the weird, that there's something here that i don't understand i truly don't 
totally mystifying to me. That's why that dude Roy Showman. I hope I'm making sense to you. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you are. You are. That guy Roy Showman. Um, uh, he is his his testimony is so compelling to me because he's a Jewish Harvard professor, mm-hmm. and and then he has this. First, he has this experience with a sort of unnamed God, the unknown God. Um, and then a year later, he dreams of Mary, and that 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 causes him to convert to Catholicism. And um, and so that that evidence against interest is fascinating to me. Um, the other thing about that, though, is that um, see the the thing about it is that he he goes through all this stuff. He looks at the he looks he had a he had an education. He had a Talmudic education. Um, uh, you know, prior to going to MIT and then becoming a a, a professor at Harvard, mm-hmm. um, and uh, during which time he became an atheist, but he he has some understanding of um of the Talmud and of what various Jewish saints have have said and predicted, and he sees it all with this inevitable Christological focus, and for him it's so obvious. Now mm-hmm. here's the thing. I don't think that you could look at the body of information that he's looking at as a neutral outside observer or whatever the hell that means. But what I really mean is I don't think I could look at it in as in as neutral a guise as possible and say, oh, yeah, this just clearly means Jesus. I think I would see some stuff that argues for it and some that cuts Mm -hmm. against it. Um, Is it is it two messiahs um, uh, like who, who come at different times or is it the same messiah who comes at two different times? It kind of depends on your presuppositions. Now, it's like this guy, Um, uh, he has this... I don't think he's lying when he had the dream about Mary. Otherwise, he wouldn't have done all that stuff that was so counter to his perceived identity. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I don't think he's lying when he says he has the experience. But I think it's because he has had that experience that he just interprets the data in this way that it's like, oh, it's so obviously showing Christ. And that is... But that's, yeah. that's, part, of, that's part of constructing reality, though. That's the Emmaus Road, where... Um, yeah. uh, where it's like it's like they you know you search the scriptures um because in them you think you know you have eternal life but they speak of me it's all mm-hmm. about me it's like what do you yeah. mean it's like how how is it all about you you're not even like linearly descended from like the line of david like that's from your father's side not your mother like you know it's like uh it's, yeah. it's all stuff that doesn't make sense literally and and it's um but but the thing is, but the thing is, I don't know, like truth is constructed, it's generated. And and it's generated in this kind of subjective way, according like when 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 the when the superposition is gonna collapse, when the wave function is gonna collapse, the way that it breaks is kind of constrained by the by the expectations or the bias of the perceiver, but on the mm. unconscious level, not on this conscious level, right? Yeah. That's yeah. That's 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 just the, that's the weirdness of it. That's the sub. That's like the objective subjectivity of it, right? That's the yeah. ubiquitous relativization constraint. Uh, I don't know. I'm just gesturing at it. I'm just gesturing, gesturing at it. Well, the unconscious includes the conscious. You know, that's really the way that I think. Okay, see it. that's it's correct. Like, yeah, like... that's right. That's right. And that video that you had the the live stream on the Grail Country that was just. I was just bomb as hell. You were you were you were just hitting it out of the park. There's like multiple times consecutively in that one. Mm, well, yeah. thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, we're talking so, about because you had just read the passenger and you're talking about yeah. how, how the, the unconscious is beneath the conscious and the unconscious. That's the thing. You have the opposition conscious and unconscious, and underneath that is sort of like you would say the unconscious. Right. Right. Um, well, and that's almost like the 
I see that almost, or like the subconscious maybe but that's almost the way that I I understand that is like that's that's the dream or like that's the reality and then that's the and memory is this infinite recursion and reciprocity between all those levels and I think what's happening in the evolution of consciousness and the modern consciousness is is you're learning to we're learning to both corporately and individually to to be uh to be at one in that in that distinction you know or that's like the self-divided god it's it's like the henosis by the kenosis and that outpouring and that constant flux you have a you have a unity and it's almost like even i probably need to go have lunch with the family yeah 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 he's there there in, in, in the moment of his of his mortality and and his death he's 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 god i that's that's the self self division yeah and that's not to me like that is the nature all of that incarnational and atonement and christological conversation is is trying to get at the nature of the god-man relation i mean i really think that's what yeah i think i really think that's what everything any meaningful (laughs) i was saying this to cw i was interacting with him i was forwarding him some of my thoughts and i was saying any like um any honest uh philosophical pursuit is, is really a is a conversation about that the nature of the god man relationship and um and it's almost like you can be it's it's almost like if you seek you find and being honest that's why i really like honesty is that you can be um i was going to say this earlier you can be honest if you're honest in that pursuit it's almost like you can um oh shoot you can you can integrate the you see the thing behind the thing behind the thing and it doesn't even matter if you can name it It, it's like a the distinctions no longer become a problem for you i think a lot of people get really they get really caught up in the distinctions and in the differences and -hmm. it's almost like it's almost like i don't care it's like it's like people who think I can be flip floppy or wishy washy, or I just like I'm overly agreeable, or you know, it, what, what's Paul been talking about? Lisa, team winsome versus team disagreeable, or whatever. It's just like it's Hello, a certain person. <laughs> yeah, it's just like a certain person. Like I can agree with anyone. Like I could talk to you. There's a certain spirit. It's because it's almost like I'm a hyper. It's like I'm a hyper spiritualist thing. Is like if I. I almost don't care about this, the, not the substance, but like the, the particularity, the precision of the words that you're saying almost are almost irrelevant to me. Yeah, They're yeah, not. yeah, yeah. Because it's the intentions. Because it's, it's just about the, it's just about the intention. And it's not even the conscious intention. Like yeah. the person in saying it may not even be conscious of their intention because then you can get to the infinite regression of like mm. trying to discern the proper intentionality, which is a trap too. Mm. It's it's like this. I can't even explain it. It's just like a spirit. I know when I'm talking to someone and if I'm paying enough attention again, you know, like pay attention to what you pay attention to when I'm talking, I know if I'm participating in that spirit or not, like the the precision of what I'm saying. Like, I don't know. That, that's what I call myopia is like the people that get really caught up in the precision of what you're saying are losing the bigger picture. You will never see the thing behind the thing behind the thing. You'll never see the unity behind all distinction. If you're in that mode and that spirit is the thing that is constantly dividing. Like that is the thing that I think that's the thing that's actually anti-unity and multiplicity. It's actually anti-being 
Like this is, that's the spirit of the unman or whatever, you know, the spirit of the antichrist is the one who wants to focus on the distinction at, at the expense of the unity. And I'm not promoting a false unity. I'm not trying to say like the distinctions. Um, I'm not trying to promote like this kumbaya, like it doesn't matter, man. It's all cool. No, like it's this simultaneously, it's the unbearable lightness of being. It's this like simultaneous, everything matters infinitely. Like if you knew how much everything mattered and every word that you spoke mattered, like on one hand, it would, it would terrify you to hell mm. but on the other hand like it's 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 fine mm. it's cool yeah and that's the right and the left hand of god you know and there's a place mm. i think where you can get where it's the peace that passes understanding yeah 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 that, that, um, that yeah i don't know so that's that's all i got i'm gonna i'm gonna go do lunch but um, oh, okay all right you gotta head out now yeah well they're all i've had I'm like, I've quarantined myself out in my um, in-laws house. And then um, I like had my wife walk in and like, look, oh, and then like walk out. And then my son walked in and was like, oh, and walked out. So I should probably go join the Yeah, yeah we can, we can, we can close this out. But um, uh, in conclusion, that's why everyone who's not a Catholic is a heretic. And that's why going to hell. There's no salvation outside the church. And Absolutely. That, that's correct. And um and Thomas Aquinas said everything. And um <laughs> did you and know I'm not Catholic, but I did, am. Did you know there's such a thing as reformed Thomism? No, but that's hilarious. in other words, in other words, did you know the reform bros are getting way into Thomas Aquinas? That makes perfect sense. Of course they would, because it's it, scholastic. That's their heritage. I mean, I mean that's 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 the kind of thing where it's like you know that that's that's definitely Hegel laugh, laughing in his grave or something like that. It's like you didn't believe me about the dialectic, but it's like well, that's kind of the ongoing joke about Hegel. It's just like in your disagreement with Hegel, are you affirming Hegel? Oh, okay, all right. You well, know, then that's the real note that we'll end on. <laughs> okay. And, uh, happy holidays, everyone. Uh, happy New Merry Year. Christmas. All right. Merry, Merry Christmas. Put the Christ in Christmas. <laughs> Yeah, because it's still ongoing. It's like what the fourth day of Christmas or something like that. My true love gave to me a, a profoundly dull talk with Cal and Luke. There That's what my go. daughter calls it. She says I say profound but boring things. Yeah, 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 yeah. There, there you go. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I hope this was to Jason. So Jason said, "What did he say in his message?" He said, "Like, try to keep it simple. Like this is." This is a conversation. I mean, we can put it online, but like, this is a conversation, like, just for us, probably. <laughs> oh, um, I think I'm putting it up. Yeah, I mean, we can. I would love it if people have thoughts and want to interact. I always like it, but it's it's kind of like I feel like my I I recently had a thing with the family where it was like describe yourself in one word, and I said, what did I say? I said, um. It was something like, I can't even remember the two words that I said. You're supposed to do one. See, I already knew that. I know. He would do is he wouldn't use one word. He would use two, like agreeably. I was, I was or something like that. It was, it was something like existentially idiosyncratic, or something, or like, or like unbel, uh, like annoyingly idiosyncratic, or something. Um, which is true. It's just like 
but part of it is like I lean into that intentionally. Like I have all my own vernacular and language, but that's because I'm a radical personalist. I'm like, you don't understand. You'll never understand anything unless you understand the person. You can't. Like if you think you understand what they're saying through the means of mammon and just like a common dictionary definition, well, me and you are in different worlds. You know, I, I don't think anyone understands anything that way. Not in the way that they're meant to understand things. And somewhat that's like Hegel interestingly talked about that. There are these two, I need to rewatch this. I clipped it, but there are these two German words. Like one is, I can't remember. I think I shared it with you. It's like uh, Dasch, Dasund versus um, Daschunft or something like that. I can't remember what they were. I don't speak German, but he, he had this, it was interesting. It's one of those things. Yosef shared it with me, but it's this, um was hegel a mystic i think essentially and i yeah. went through all that and i'm just like good grief i think i'm pretty hegelian after watching this and um but he he distinguished that thing it's like the difference between it's almost like the one is like the understanding of thinking it's like thinking that you understand and the other one is this deeper kind of noetic heart level intention kind of understanding he like distinguished two kinds of understanding and i was just like Hell yeah, speaking my language. Of course, yeah, make up your own words. You have to. Like, that's the only way you get at that second level of understanding, I think. Mm. Mm. Radical personalism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and kind of making the Bible your own, too. I think it's probably very important that you have, like, your own maybe idiosyncratic understanding of certain verses. We, we talk about different levels of scriptural interpretation, but I think there are certain verses that so maybe maybe you're the only commentator that can bring out the full meaning. Of course, of course. Um, that that has to, what is it? Uh, they said every Jew is a letter in the Torah. I like it. You know, I believe I believe that with respect to every <laughs> you know every, everyone. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is just like that's kind of like the whole idea too of like we're either all saved or no one's saved, man. So if you can't say that and be part of the true church, what the hell's wrong with you? But that's you know? the thing, dude, with radical personalism. I think when you understand the nature of a person, it's just like if if someone is damned, part of you is damned. Mm -hmm. That's very true. That's very I mean, true. it doesn't work that way. Part of I God think. is damned. Yes. Because in creating that person, God had something to say about himself he couldn't say without creating that person. That's what it means. Every Jew is a letter in the Torah. Yes. Um, yep. Or at least I think so. Maybe Jacob and Yosef can come in with their facts and logic and just just yeah, Hezzy, get in here, do some commenting. You know, let's, maybe that's that's chew this up for the best that they do so. But but that's 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 my interpretation of it. Um, and um, uh, yeah, I guess I won't submit to any authority on that and go to hell as a result. So it's like yeah, submit to your authority, Christ in you. Submit to that authority. <laughs> I don't uh uh yeah I, uh, well I mean it's all it's all in process right it's it's um subject to further Hegelian uh transformations so just, just that's right so just stay tuned for all that I suppose okay uh, let's end it for real okay we end it for real peace out love you Cal great combo love peace you.